Hello, Team Adulam. I hope you guys are doing great. It's so nice to be back here to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, my phone actually died. Uh, the phone that uh, we shot with previously, which was really poor quality, um, it actually died. But thankfully, thankfully, uh, I'm so grateful for the few that continue to give. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that um, especially for the for those that, that that give that you know this thank you for supporting us it's actually made it possible for me to be able to get back on your screen um, I was able to get a new device uh, even a low mic uh, thankfully for all those who have given um, I know for some, some of you you probably give not even knowing it's maybe God who's leading you to give and I want you to know that you know the, that your generosity is part of the reason why we are able to get back on the screen to be able to continue to preach the gospel Jesus Christ, the gospel. And so thank you so much. Thank you for the few that give. Um, for the rest who, who watch um, and, and maybe you don't support this ministry, but I want to encourage you that uh, whether it's this ministry or other ministries that, you know, to participate and to be active in being able to uh, lend your resources to the extension of God's kingdom and to the message of his, of his saving grace. So I'd encourage you that do not be uh, an appendix in the kingdom that even at the very bare minimum ensure that your resources are going to any type of ministry and very specifically to ministry and any ministry that is advancing the message of the gospel that that is where you want to place your resources so I encourage every single person who watches Adulam whether it's this ministry or others that make sure that you are someone investing your resources towards the extension of God's kingdom. Amen. Um, so today we are still on the John series where we're looking at uh, the series called Walking with God. And today we're going to be looking at John 10. And as is our typical custom here is I oftentimes will ask that you pause the video, that you go and read John chapter 10 to read the whole chapter when you're done reading the chapter, I want you to come back and continue with this message. Please do not continue this message until you have read John chapter 10. And so I'd encourage you right now to pause the video, go read John 10, and then come back. All right, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Now, the thing that is super dope about uh, this John chapter 10 that I need you to understand and keep in mind is that it's a continuation of the conversation from John chapter 9. Now, if you remember in John chapter 9, where Jesus healed a blind man from birth, and this healing was remarkable, but also caused quite a bit of controversy because he did it during the Sabbath. And Jesus was popular for doing this uh, healing in, on, on the Sabbath, and, and it would really vex the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders at the time. And you know, regardless of the fact that this was such an incredible miracle, they were incredibly vexed because Jesus did it during the Sabbath. And so they considered Jesus a sinner because he healed during the Sabbath. And they were like, there's no way that this guy can be from God. And so the controversy obviously arises because guys are like, okay, if he's not from God, how would he be able to have the ability to open the eyes of the blind, someone who was born blind? And so this is the context of what's happening in John 10. It's not a new conversation. It's a continuation of the conversation that was already happening in John chapter 9. And how John chapter 9 ends 
is that at the very end what we see is where uh, Jesus says uh, to them, right? This is at the very end of John chapter 9 where it says that I entered this world. Now this is Jesus speaking. I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby him, near, nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we are blind? And Jesus responds, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Now this is where chapter 9 ends. And now we come into chapter 10, which is still the continuation of the conversation that he's having with the Pharisees and their followers. And so in chapter 10, he picks up right there from, from, from right there, where Jesus tells the Pharisees that the reason why they remain guilty right, is because they claim to see. Okay? They claim to see, yet they do not, right? They claim to see. They are spiritual blind and cannot even tell, right? And so in chapter 10, what Jesus does is that he begins to give an illustration of what these Pharisees are doing. He begins to give them an illustration of the way in which that they are living their lives. And he begins to demonstrate to them the way in which that they are spiritually blind. Are we together? And so what he does is that he uses this analogy and an illustration and he begins to talk about the shepherd and he talks about all those that come before him and he's saying that this is the gate and he talks about the gate and i'm sure you guys have read it and what he does is is that through this illustration what he's trying to illustrate to these pharisees and to these people who are listening to him um, is that he's trying to illustrate to them that jesus isn't just there as some other guy as some other prophet but instead and in fact that he is the way, that he is the gate, that he is the path to a rich and satisfying life, that he is the good shepherd that leads his people to a rich and satisfying life, both here and in the life to come. That in fact, what he's saying to the Pharisees is this, is that he plainly tells them that there is no other way, that he is the way, and that every other way actually is a way that leads to destruction. And so the thing is, is to realize that, and, and, and I think the, 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 the verse that really brings this together, and it's a very popular, popular verse, but it's a fantastic verse that brings this all together, where Jesus says in John 10 and verse 10, where he says that the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But then he says that my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Who is them? His sheep, his followers, the people who believe in him. That his purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Whew, how amazing is that? And the thing that I want us to be able to get into uh, is... Just this is the fact that this is exactly the same message that Jesus Christ is giving to us today. And in every chapter that we've looked at is that there is a message that Christ is trying to imprint in our minds, in our hearts, and in our entire being. That he is imprinting in us through this portion of scripture and has been doing so throughout this scripture. And so the question that we need to ask ourselves, right? is that who is this thief that is looking to steal from you? 
Who is this thief that is looking to kill you? Who is this thief that is looking to destroy you? Now, the thing that's interesting is that the word here that's used in the, the word thief that's used here, the Greek word for this is kleptos. And now this is obviously the klepto, where, where, where that comes from. But here is the way that this word is described when you go in, uh, when you look into it. It speaks of an, embez an embezzler or pilferer. All right. Now, an embezzler is someone that is defined as someone who secretly takes money that is in their care or that belongs to an organization or business that they work for. So meaning that this is someone who secretly is dipping in the kitty. Okay? And a pilferer is defined as to steal, especially in small amounts and often again and again. So the two things that we need to understand that when this thief, this thief is doing two things, that this thief is secretly taking, meaning that he's taking obviously without your knowledge. This is not a thief that you're, you're, you're there like, you're there doing wheezy. No, this is a thief that is secretly taking away from you. And then secondly, that this is a thief that is taking from you little by little, small, small, little by little. Are we together? Yes, we are. So meaning that this thief is taking from you without your knowledge and you're being stolen from in small amounts again and again and again and again. And so the thing is, is that it's important for us to understand who this thief is. Because oftentimes, this thief has been defined as the devil. But I want to suggest to you today that the thief that Jesus Christ is talking about here is not the devil. However, the devil uses this thief. <laughs> he uses this thief. But the thief is not the devil. Now, I need you to remember who the audience is that Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to the Pharisees, whom he already has accused them of being the children of Satan. And that's the reason why uh, the children of the devil, that the, that the devil uses this thief. He uses this thief to take from, to kill, to destroy. Right? Now, what I want to be able to suggest to you today is that what Jesus is doing here is that he is saying to them and he's saying to those who are listening to the Pharisees more specifically that anyone or any ideology that tells you that you can do it without Christ is a thief. And the thing is, is that I want you to think of the thief as a mindset. A mindset that designs another path other than Christ. I want you to understand this and I'm going to talk about this and I'm going to un unpack this for us today. I want to put it to you today that any other path other than Christ is stealing from you. Any other path other than Christ is killing you. Any other path other than Christ is destroying you. You know, one of my favorite portions of scripture, uh, it's actually in the Old Testament, it's from Jeremiah 17, from verse 5 to 7. If you listen to me often, you know that I quote this a lot of times because for me, it's such a powerful portion of scripture that defines for us the way in which we, in a sense, end up in a wilderness. It says here that this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust, their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength 
and who who's who and, and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an inhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and who have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The thing that I want you to understand is this, is that when you place anything or any other path ahead of Christ, you are robbing yourself. When you place anything or any other path ahead of Christ, you are inviting death and destruction. Remember what Jeremiah 17 says. It talks about the fact that this is the path of what a cursed person is. This is the eventuality. Because a cursed person is someone who has placed their trust in anything else but God. Woo, come on. Cursed are those who seek life outside of Christ. That they will not see the fruitfulness that comes from God. Now, what I need you to understand is that this is the thief that the devil uses to steal, kill, and to destroy. What he does is that he causes us to set up a life where Christ is at the periphery. And the thing is that as long as he can keep you focused on any and every other path other than Christ, he knows that what you will be doing to yourself is that you will be robbing yourself, you will be killing your dreams, and that you will be destroying your destiny. And the thing is, this is the thing that happens now, especially in this day and age, is in an era of so much information, the goal is for you to detach yourself from the source of life, to go and grab into every other thing other than Christ. The other day I saw someone who uh, posted on social media that they were like, you know, all I want is to be able, because this is what they imagine will make them happy. I just want a life where I get to just be on vacation with the love of my life, spending all our days together in love. And for them, they imagine that this is the thing that will bring me so much joy and happiness and contentment. Yet it's a lie. It is not true. Because those things will not bring you peace. The thing is that the devil wants you to, to have a seek ye first everything else but Christ. Because he knows that once you do that, then you will be robbing yourself of what God has prepared for you in Christ. Just the other day, I saw another video of this guy who is a musician, famous musician, who was saying that, you know, God, whatever God has for you, no man can take away from you. Whatever God has, whatever God has for you, no man can take away from you. No man can take away what he has in store for you. And the thing is, is that I generally accept that. But it's not totally true. Because there is one person that exists that can keep you from what God has in store for you. And that is you. That is you. The Pharisees that Jesus is talking to rejected the life that Jesus was offering. 
The Israelites, through their unbelief, rejected the rest that God had prepared for them. Rejected it through their unbelief. They would not listen to God in spite of all the works that he had performed before them. And it's the same thing with these Pharisees. They would not literally listen to Jesus Christ. They would not even give him the time of day in spite of all the things that he did before them. And so in essence, the only person that stopped them from enjoying God's goodness was them. And it is no different for us. I can assure you today that there are mindsets and mental patterns that are keeping you from enjoying everything that God has in store for you. And at the core of that mindset, it is rooted in this, that we are looking for all other means other than Christ to satisfy us. That is where these things and these mindsets are rooted. Friends, let me paint the reality of what this actually looks like. When you create a life where Christ is often the last resort rather than the first resort, the thief is at work. When you find that you are comfortable running through your days, weeks, with Christ as an afterthought, then the thief is active in your life. If you are living a prayerless life, it is an indication of a life being lived in self-sufficiency. Basically, what you're saying through your actions is that I don't need God's help. I got this. And in that mindset, the thief is at work. If you find that there are days, weeks, months that go by when you have not had fellowship with Christ, again, it is a demonstration of a life lived in self-sufficiency. And this, and in that life, the thief is at work. Robbing you of the rich, purposeful, and satisfying life that Christ came to give to you. Now, I need you to remember something. That this thief is an embezzler. They are taking from you and you don't even know it. And they do it small, small. So it's so small and insignificant. And this is the thing. Let me show you in a very practical sense how this manifests itself. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you, you, you stop, you know, like, for example, uh, spending time in fellowship with, with Christ and one day leads to another, two days, three days, next thing you know, a whole month has gone by. And during that month, all of a sudden you're wondering, you get into a place of crisis and you're wondering, what happened? All of a sudden it's like things just start to happen, everything is going haywire, and then now that's when you now go back to be like, oh God, you know, help me in this situation, da da da. So now for a whole small, small, just little, little small decisions that were happening all this day, small, small here, small, small here, and the next thing you know, a whole month has gone by. And at that point in time, the opportune time comes where all of a sudden you begin to lose your peace, you begin to start degenerating into poor and bad decisions that you were making before that you weren't making. This is how it happens. This is how the thief comes to rob you. The thief comes to rob you and it is a mindset that believes and thinks that it can do things outside of Christ. 
today I've come to ask you and to cause you to evaluate your life. And if you find that Christ is now at the back burner of your life, the thief is at work. The embezzler does his work in secret until he's exposed. And until he's exposed, this guy is just going to be there thieving, hiding in your life. And so the question for us today is, is that what have we placed before Christ? What is it? Is it a job? Is it the work? It's too much. You're so busy. You're too busy. So we place these things before Christ. Is it that individual? Is it someone? Is it your family? Whatever it is. What is the thing that you have placed before Christ? And what Jesus says is that he has come to give us a rich and satisfying life. A rich and satisfying life. And what we do not realize is that at any point when we try to enter the gate in any other way, when we try to structure or live a life devoid of Christ, the thief is at work. The thief is at work. Now the thing that's amazing is that Jesus shows us how we are able to reach, to live a rich and satisfying life in this chapter. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. You know, the thing is, is that for me, I long for a long time, for a long, for a long time, the thief has been at work. I have seen the thief at work, the embezzler. And how I know this is because of the way my life was set up. The way my life was set up is that I've been a believer for a very long time. Let me tell you, the reason why some of us here are here preaching, you guys think we're here preaching because we, 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 we live a, a holy and perfect life. No, the only reason why we are preaching is because God has called us and this is just a gift that he has given to us. But I have witnessed the embezzler. And how I know that the embezzler was active is because I had set up my life in a way where I love Jesus, glory to God, you know, born again. I've been a believer for 20 years. 20 years, okay? I've been a believer for 19 years. <laughs> and the whole time is that I was very casual about my relationship with God. And so what that would look like is, obviously, is that the only times weeks would go by, days would go by where I haven't spent any time in intentional fellowship with Christ. And so I'm living in this kind of self-sufficient life where yeah, I'm not really praying, kind of praying, kind of, you know, studying God's word, especially because, you know, I have to come and preach and spend time, you know, this. So there wasn't really this kind of intense, intentional fellowship with, with Christ. And this is how I had set up my life, very casual, very casual about it. Not realizing that this was the manifestation of the embezzler. That the embezzler is a mindset that makes you think that you can do this thing without Christ. 
that Christ can be in the back burner, that Christ can be in the side as I continue to live my life the way I want to. And you know, the thing that's so interesting is that what would always cause me to come back into that kind of intentional fellowship was all this crisis. Whenever a crisis would show up and I'm like, now all of a sudden the fellowship, I'm like, yes, Lord, you know, just seeking. But the embezzler was active. The thief was active in my life. Active. And the thing that was happening is, is that I'd set up my life in a way that Jesus wasn't the only gate. There were many other gates. There were many other things. There were many other things that took priority in my life. Right? And now the thing is, is that, you know, the beginning of this year, uh, 2022, um, is when I began to change that. And um, I think many of you who have been following throughout this year know that, you know, I've been talking about this where about intentional time to pray, intentional time in God's word. And so I began to practice this. I began to practice intentional prayer. I began to practice intentional time in God's word and making this a priority in my life every single day. And, I, and, and it's, this is not for me. I'm not here to gloat over anything. I'm here to tell you about the fact that this is, I've been, <laughs> I'm a victim of the embezzler. All right? My friends, it's no surprise to me that so many things have begun to radically change, even just the fact that I'm here in another country. And at the whole time, the whole time I had no idea that I was being robbed, that I was entertaining the embezzler in my life because of my refusal and my lack of understanding that Jesus is the gate, that there is no other way to live a satisfying and rich life outside of Christ. And the embezzler had made me believe and set up a life that believed and basically manifested my belief that there is another way to find richness and satisfying and, and to find a satisfying life. So anyway, the thing that happened is that throughout this journey, obviously, throughout this couple of months, you know, I've been, I was recently studying the book of Exodus. And one of the things that I realized about Exodus is it's so fascinating. You know, there's a point where when you get to Exodus and, and towards middle movie, it becomes very kind of weird because it's all this God giving a lot of detail about how he wants things to be sacrificed, a lot of detail about how he wants, um, you know, the, 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 the meeting, the tent of meeting in terms of the Holy of Holies and, and all the way that the priest should be dressed, the way the curtains should be, you know, even the detail of how he wants the, 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 the curtains, the height of the curtains. And he gets into this detail, such detail about um, how he wants things to be done. And, you know, as I was reading it, I kept wondering to myself, like, this is so fast, very boring. But it's also kind of like, God, there's so much detail in this. Like, what is this detail? It's so such specific detail. And one of the things that I realized through this, because, you know, all scripture is God-breathed, and I was just like, God, what is what are you saying to me through all this, all these details that you keep giving? What are you ministering? And the thing that I basically learned, and what he taught me is, that the thing that we need to realize is that God is the God who also gives details.
detailed strategy. That he is the God of detailed strategy. That he, is, that he even goes and he says, I want this curtain to be seven feet, seven and a half feet, a half. Like he, he's keen to include a half. He's, he's keen to say, this is the material that should be used for the, for, 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 uh, the, the priest's head. This is the material that he should wear. This is the kind of things that he should wear. These are the gemstones that need to be on his, on his breastplate. I mean, all the detail that he goes into. That God is the God of detailed strategy. And the thing is that the thing that's interesting is that so now the day that I had that realization, the day, the, the very next day, um, I wake up and I, 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 I wake up very early. And when I wake up early, I, I feel this prompting that I need to go send an email. That this email that I need to go send it, and the reason why I need to go send this email is because the lights are about to go out. Now, I get this prompting and, and, and I ignore it. I ignore it because I'm just like, ah, those are just my own thoughts, right? Um, but the prompt keeps coming, but I'm just like, ah, I, I ignore it. Sure enough, the lights go out. And when the lights go out is when I had a moment for like, wait a second. I had this realization because remember the day before is when I realized that God gives us specific strategy. And the day before, and so th that morning when I wake up and the lights go out, because um, God woke me up early, so I, I woke up at about like six, the lights go out at about eight. So for two hours, I'm just there like, oh, whatever, I'll send it, I'll send it later. The lights go out. And that's when I realized, oh my goodness, I was like, wait, you mean that was God who was speaking to me? With such detail that he was even going to that he was even telling me that the lights are gonna go out. Now, the thing that I need you to understand is this: is that Jesus here says that my sheep know my voice. And the thing about that voice is that that voice is there to lead you to a rich and satisfying life. That's why he says that my sheep follow me. Where are they following him? Towards a rich and satisfying life. And then this voice that he's saying that my sheep know my voice. And so I remember sitting there and I spent this whole time in repentance and saying, and I remember thinking to myself, I was like, wow, me, I'm over here thinking these are my two thoughts. And I sat there and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, Holy Spirit, how many times have you been talking to me and I've just been here thinking these are my two thoughts? How many, how much, how many times have you been leading me into a rich and satisfying life? But I, I, I ignore it because they're just my, these are just my own thoughts. And this is the thing that the thief does. The thief doesn't want you to know that voice. The thief doesn't want you to know that Christ is seeking to give you instruction. He's seeking to give you intel. He's seeking to give you information that will lead you towards a rich and satisfying life. He's wanting to give you this information ready. But the thing that the thief does, the thief comes and this mindset makes you believe that you can do it on your own. That you can be self-sufficient. That you don't need Christ. That you don't need to seek him first. That you need to go and find other ways. That you need to go and figure out another path and come to Christ as a last resort. This is the thieving mindset that's stealing from you. This is the thieving mindset that's stealing from you a rich and satisfying life. And so the reality is this, is the way that I see it, is that there is so much that God has in store for us. But the reason we are not able to see it, it's the same thing as Jeremiah 17. 
The cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He's like a tree. He's like a, a tree planted in the wasteland. You cannot see prosperity when it comes. You cannot see goodness when it's right in front of you. This is how you are being robbed with a mindset that thinks that you are self-sufficient, that there is another way to do this other than Christ. That there is another way, that there is another path, and you be and your life is a testament that if you evaluate your life and Christ is not a priority, the thief is at work. The thief is at work. And today, just like that day when I woke up and I realized, oh my gosh, God, you mean you've been talking to me all along? You've been giving me strategies that I've been thinking are my own two thoughts. And the moment that we come into repentance, and repentance is us realizing that the journey begins with us fundamentally understanding this truth. That unless Christ is first, that anything else is robbing you. Any other mindset is taking from you. Every other mindset is killing your dreams. Every other mindset is destroying the destiny that God has prepared for you in Christ. Christ is your life, your essence. And the, 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 the actual manifestation of everything that you need for a rich and satisfying life. And so today... I know that his sheep are hearing his voice. That you're hearing the voice of your shepherd saying to you, your good and great shepherd saying to you, come to me. Spend time with me. Prioritize me. Follow me. Because I want to give you a rich and satisfying life. I want to believe that his sheep who are listening to me are recognizing that this other version of how you are living your life is stealing from you. It is killing your dreams and it is destroying your destiny in him. The thing I need you to realize today is that our great shepherd is calling us to come to him and to set up a life that is truly dependent upon him. Amen. Now the thing for me, what this looks like, even as a beginning point and as a manifestation, because you are the only one who can evaluate your life. And the sheep are hearing. Whoever it is here, you're listening. And if you are the sheep, you know what it is that Christ is saying to you. That he's saying to you that it is time to prioritize me. It is time for you to prioritize me. And you know exactly what that looks like. For many of us, it is what I've been harping on, on along, all along for the last year. That we would be intentional about prayer. That we would be intentional about spending time in fellowship. Christ through his word. 
that we would be intentional about spending time in fellowship with other believers. That you cannot do this faithful journey in isolation. You're so spiritual, you don't go to church. And by church, I mean you don't even spend time with other believers in fellowship. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that any mindset that makes you believe that there is any form of self-sufficiency in this journey with Christ, that mindset is robbing you. And I want to invite you as a sheep to come back, to change your mind, to repent, and to begin this journey of prioritizing the great shepherd in your life. Amen. And for those of you, if you are as tired as I am of this embezzler, who has to keep secretly taking from you, small, 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 making you think, ah, it's okay tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Ah, we'll pray tomorrow. We'll read the Bible tomorrow. We'll spend time in fellowship with other believers some other time. Yeah, next week. You are tired of the embezzler. That mindset is stealing from you. That mindset is killing your dreams. That mindset is denying you of a rich and satisfying life in Christ. And I want to invite you as his sheep back to remembering how we are able to live a rich and satisfying life. It is through Christ and Christ alone that he is able to speak to us very specific instructions on how it is every single day that we need to move, act, do. Every single day, he's able and willing and wanting to do that for us. This is his purpose for us, that he wants to give us a rich and satisfying life in him. And I want to invite you all today, his sheep, to come back to the fold and recognize that nothing those of you who may be listening to me and you have not yet placed your faith in Christ I want to invite you to do that today the promise that he gives to us in John 10 10 is that he wants to lead us to a rich and satisfying life and how we do this is by putting our faith in him our dependency upon him and following after him and I want to invite you to do that today and if you are that person who is wanting to come into that decision, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me, that I can live a rich and satisfying life in you. I repent of my sins and I ask you to come and transform my accepting me into your family. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, hit us up on WhatsApp. Tell us that you've made that decision. We're so grateful to be able to have you in the fold. Now for every other sheep, all the other sheep who are there, 
I just want to pray for us right now before we close. Um, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you are the true essence of life. There is no other path, there is no other way, there is no other God whom do we have in heaven but you. Father, today we just come in repentance before you. Forgive us for the ways in which we have structured our lives where we have not prioritized you for whatever reason. Father, forgive us. We come and we say, Lord, help us. Help us to remember to prioritize you every day. Help us to structure our lives in ways that prioritize you above all things. Speak to us, teach us, show us, and allow us to be able to discern your voice every day that we may follow after you diligently in the direction that you lead. We thank you, we honor you that you have given us your power that we can be able to know that you are working in us not only to have the willingness but also the ability to do your will. Thank you that today you heard us and that you will help us. In Yeshua's holy name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. See you again next Sunday. God bless you.